Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible Belt. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 1-2-3 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through, experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com and send along any questions and any comments about any topic anytime. Or you can reach us at genesis123.co or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And stay tuned until the end of the program, where we're also going to share some exciting opportunities. And please feel free to share this with other people who you know will also find it of interest. So today, like we do often, we have a panel, two good friends, one who's a new good friend, one who's an old good friend. And we're talking about something that is really quite interesting, and I think in a year and a half of of recording these podcasts is going to be entirely unique because we're going to be looking at relationships relating to Israel through a business prism, but not just business as in trying to pull money out, but actually meaning meaningful connections. And I've got two great, great guests who are both accomplished. And for that reason, I want you to give me a little grace while I actually share some more detailed introductions than I normally uh, would do. But I think it's going to be a really fascinating conversation. First, I want to introduce Mark Drysdat. Mark is the president of Infinity Concepts and is one of America's leading experts in branding, marketing, and communication. I have to tell you, any time I see the color purple, not the movie, but the actual color, I think of him because of the branding that they've done so well. Mark specializes in effectively engaging the Christian community. And 21 years ago, last month, Mark founded Infinity Concepts, of which he serves as president. Infinity Concepts assists some of the largest Christian ministries in the United States, providing them with counsel, strategy, and support services to help them market and be more effective in fulfilling their missions. Mark has presented insightful workshops at conventions for the National Religious Broadcasters, the National Association of Broadcasters, Infocom, the Evangelical Press Association, Christian Leadership Alliance, the Foursquare International Convention, the Biola Medical Conference, and many more. Mark is also an active member of the National Religious Broadcasters and has been so for 30 years, serving as chairman of the Television Committee and a member of the Board of Directors. I know from firsthand experience that Mark is a dynamic communicator, and he's known for his clear and compelling style of presentation and transformal insights, transformational insights and strategies. He brings a unique blend of creativity and strategic thinking with warmth to help every organization he serves to achieve the results that they need. Mark's reputation for creating successful strategies is well known for over four decades of leadership experience have qualified Mark for his unique role as a consultant to some of the most significant ministries in America. During Mark's diverse career, there's very little that he hasn't done, which makes him tremendously well-rounded. He's been a professional musician, singer, songwriter, record producer, TV producer, pastor, talk show host, television station manager, as well as a corporate CEO, CFO, and COO. All of these skills bring him and make him and Infinity Concepts really as good as it is to all of uh, their clients and friends. 
Mark also, which brings us to the really the heart of the conversation today, has a deep passion for Israel. He travels to Israel regularly. He's hosted multiple tours, including pastors and Christian leaders here in the land and, and visiting and interacting with the people of Israel and um, has a lot of clients also relating to Israel. One of the ones we're going to talk about specifically is from 2006 through 2012. Mark spearheaded the marketing and public relations campaign to the Christian communities of North and South America on behalf of the state of Israel. And I want to not, I don't want to forget to mention it now. This partnership, Mark's leadership on that, uh, on behalf of the Ministry of Tourism resulted in record breaking growth for Christian tourism to Israel at that, at that time. From a personal perspective, Mark and I have been good friends for a lot of years. I don't even remember how many years or where we met, probably at an NRB convention, but who on earth knows? And I've had the pleasure of working with Mark and his team uh, on a number of different instances. And I can say truly from personal experience, Mark is defined by both his passion and his remarkable talent to help leaders maximize the potential for their organizations. And he's always there. He's always there, ready to pitch in where he can. Steve Werp is the is the president and founder of Blessed by Israel. Steve founded Blessed by Israel in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, a company that promotes products and businesses of Jewish pioneers here in Judea and Samaria. Blessed by Israel, that's B-U-Y Israel, has been able to purchase hundreds of thousands of dollars in project and products from small businesses in Judea and Samaria for resale to people all around the world. Steve and his wife and their five sons travel an average of 40,000 miles a year across the United States, connecting with thousands of people in churches, synagogues, and all kinds of other groups, telling the story of the Jewish people returning home and about Jewish families living out the promises given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They have also partnered with the nation's ninth of Av, which we'll talk about, which is where his family is working to make observance of and connection to Tisha B'Av, the saddest day on the Jewish calendar, into a life-changing event for Christians and Jews around the world. Steve's life has been a continual journey to know the God of Israel. He grew up as a Lutheran and studying the Bible. He was always had a heart for Israel and the Jewish people, but it was not something that he taught formally, but something that God revealed to his spirit. Steve walked with many diverse groups within Christianity, but it wasn't until his studying about Passover, we have to talk about this, Steve, that God revealed to him that there was so much more about God than he had learned previously. This ignited his fire to learn and grow more in his understanding of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The passion for truth has guided Steve for nearly 30 years, leading Steve and his family back to the Jewish roots of their faith. Today, they simply desire to walk alongside their Jewish brothers and sisters, which they do here regularly, honoring God's firstborn, Israel, and helping them, us, to take possession of of our inheritance. Steve says that he believes that God is lifting the veil of the eyes of many Christians around the world. That was an edgy comment that I pulled from the website, and I like how, how that's written. Lifting the veil of the eyes of many Christians around the world who are beginning now to see the Jewish people through God's eyes as the bearers of his covenant promises and the vehicle through whom the Messiah and redemption will be brought to the world. Steve says that Christianity is starting to recognize how we, how we have trampled and desecrated God's name by the way we have treated the Jewish people and we are taking steps to heal these wounds tearing down walls of mistrust and building bridges of cooperation and respect, walking into the future together. Steve, Mark, I'm inspired by just 
reading your intros <laughs> and welcome to Inspiration from Zion. It's really a delight. Uh, thank you for those kind words. I uh, appreciate you reading. It's rather lengthy, but uh, thanks. Thank you so much. It's well, great they, to be with you, Jonathan. They, yeah. it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you both. They are, they were lengthy and I wanted to do that deliberately because you really are both very accomplished and there's a lot of stuff. I wanted people, in addition to what we talk about today, I want people to find other hooks to connect with you. Um, and, and, that's and I, great. And I think that that's really important to do. So I want to start off maybe by just asking, we'll start, stay in uh, in, in um, alphabetical order. How and what, specifically relating to Israel, Mark, how and why did yeah. you get into work relating to Israel through Infinity Concepts? Oh, gee, I, I think uh, it, it was a, a process, of course, and it's never a single transaction where that happens. It's a, it's a process. I, I, I've i loved Israel from the time I was a kid, studied the Bible in my in church, I uh, went, went to Bible college and, and, and the Bible's been central for my life. Always wanted to go to the Holy Land, had an opportunity to do that, uh, back in 1992, okay. 93, somewhere in there. And that was the beginning of a series of trips. And I, I was part of something that was called, uh, uh, I don't remember the name now, the Israel Christian Alliance or something. Okay. Uh, it was a group of Christian leaders that would come and, and, uh, meet in Israel and, and try to talk about how we can better communicate uh, and better build bridges between Israel and the Christian community. So I got to do that because of my role in television. I had my own talk show and uh, had my own TV station. So that's how I got involved there. Uh, but then when I started Infinity Concepts, uh, a mutual friend uh, heard that uh, the Ministry of Tourism was looking for an agency and he he literally stepped up and recommended us and said, don't look at anybody else. You got to talk to people. Well, they did look at other people. But in the end, they chose it. us. <laughs> and uh, we spent uh, six years total working with the Ministry of Tourism from 2006 to 2012. And I uh, I fell in love. Now, I fell in love the first time I came to Israel. I, I came from a television station and was given a guide and a van. And I brought a cameraman and they said, have at it, shoot yeah. anything you want, tell the story, just tell the truth. And I got to meet people and talk with people and interview people. And I fell in love with the land and people of Israel. And that's literally what happened in 1992 or 93, my first trip. And then when I began working with the government of Israel and working with the folks involved in the tourism world, I fell in love with them. Obviously, there's always, you know, issues and, and struggles and challenges and all of that, especially in the hospitality industry. But I'll tell you what, I love the people. I love the experience. And most of all, I love bringing people to Israel. Why? Because when you step on the land where the book was written, something changes in your heart. You're, you're never the same again. Because what you knew in your heart, what you knew in your mind now translates into a geographical experience that you can say it's over there. I stood here and it happened there and it's transformational to your faith. And I want as many people yeah. as possible to experience that enlightenment that comes just from standing where it happened. Well, thank, thank you for that. You know, in addition to what you just said, the actual words, I have the privilege of getting to see you now. Podcasts don't, don't uh, contribute to that. But the, the intensity 
the passion. And I think it's, I think if I close my eyes, it was, it was audible in your voice as well. You, you said that you really literally fell in love here, but that's, that was clear. Even if you didn't say it, just the whole, your whole body language and demeanor (laughs) played that out. And that's really exciting. But I also want to say, you know, um, you, you've so, you've so internalized this, Mark. It's Mm -hmm. not just your, your, your campaign for the Ministry of Tourism was iconic, probably one of the best and, and still remains that way. And you, it's not like you're as the marketing guy, just spitting out, you know, phrases, catchphrases, sound bites. This is, this is you. This is Mark drives that in his heart. And I love that. And I love how you imparted that. And then we're so successful at uh, at helping the the Ministry of Tourism to make that possible. I want to come back to that, but let's jump to yeah. Steve for a minute. Um, you started Blessed by Israel a little more recently than Mark started Infinity Concepts. Tell us about that. Uh, well, it, it actually goes back quite quite a long ways because it's been a long journey. I didn't just start Blessed by Israel. Um, I remember eight years old and, and understanding that I'm going to church, but there's something missing, that there was something wrong, because if I believed that this was a Jewish book and a Jewish Messiah, where were the Jewish people? And I'd ask questions and nobody had answers. Mm. And in the early 90s, or actually in the late 80s, uh, a pastor handed me a little piece of paper about Passover. And it was like a veil lifted off my eyes. And I spent the next several years just studying the Passover and just what an incredible, how the depths and riches of the Torah and and starting to understand from a a Jewish perspective uh, about the Bible and who I believed in and who I, who I understood to be my Messiah. So it was life life transforming. I want to, I want to interject and, and come back to blessed by Israel. But Passover is just in, I don't know, two weeks or so. What, what, yes. what, what, what was it about Passover? The matzah? The what? What did it for it, you? It, it, it's the, I don't even know how to explain it. I felt like I had not been given the fullness of the truth of what God was not only doing for the Jewish people there, but there's a, a future exodus that is coming that will, hmm. It will be so much greater than the, the exodus of Egypt that we won't even remember. And right now, I feel we are living in that time because God is completing the work that he began. Mm. And I'm a witness to it. I, I remember back in 1991, the first time I went, we went for a temple conference. It was with the Calvary Chapel. And uh, Chuck Missler took us. And I went off on my own. And I went up. I, I just... That's 30 years old. I want to go up to Shiloh. I want to see where the ancient tabernacle was. Okay. And I went up there and I didn't know. I was kind of crazy going up there at that time, but I drove up there, pulled up. There's a, there's a little, little street sign uh, sitting there that said Shiloh. There's some houses and a few things up on the top of the hill. And I'm standing there wondering where, well, where did the tabernacle actually sit? And, and a lady pulled up and she's Jewish. And she asked me, you know, what are you doing here? You lost. And I said, no, I'm, where was the tabernacle? Where did it sit? 
she looked at me like I was crazy. Like, you, you're Mashugan. What are you doing up here? You, you crazy Gentile nuts. Why are you up here? And she waved me off to the north. So I went just basically just stumbling and falling. It's weeds. It's rocks. It's, it, it's pretty rough terrain in there. Yeah. Probably walked about three, 400 yards and, and didn't see anything. And I, I was really disappointed. I thought, I really felt God wanted me to come up and see something here. And then I went back and I kind of forgot about it until about five years ago. I was standing in that same place. And I looked up on the hill and there was a huge city up there. There's a synagogue up there. Yes. There, there's there, The street is paved. I looked out, there's vineyards, there's olive groves. I walked with my sons to where the, the, the tabernacle would have stood and prayed in that place. And that's when I understood that the reason I went there back in early 90s was so that I could be a witness to what God was doing through his people, through his word, that his covenant is alive. Yeah. And that he's called us, the nations, to be part of it. Yeah. I have I have a vested interest in what God is doing, because if he's keeping his promises to Israel and bringing them back to the land. So all the promises given to me and the nations are true. And my faith has never been the same. Amazing. I mean, this is what has rocked my world is God's faithfulness to you. Indeed. Mark, you're nodding pretty actively in affirmation. <laughs> what, 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 what strikes a chord with what, with what Steve is saying? Well, I think there's two things. One is, you know, the Passover uh, for Christians, uh, for understanding Christians, holds many uh, symbols that are important to our faith as well as to, to the Jewish faith. And so I share uh, Steve's um, uh, appreciation and valuing of the Passover feasts. I also have uh, stood in Shiloh and had the opportunity to, to take pastors to Shiloh and have them understand um, how that has, has really become a, um, uh, a hallmark of God's promise and, and, a, and a, a reminder mm -hmm. of his faithfulness. And uh, of, of course, I've been to some of the other places in the Shiloh, the Children's Fund and so forth there yes. as a client. Uh, they, they, we, we work with David Rubin there and some of the work he does there. Wonderful place. But the Shiloh Park there is now open. And yeah. uh, there's a little more substance to it than when you went the first time, Steve. <laughs> and it's a wonderful experience. And uh, not, all, not all Christian tourists go to Shiloh. But I, I think more and more are starting to, and I believe they really should, because it's a, it's an incredibly positive, uh, affirming, faith-filled experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Those... I don't think you really know Israel until you start walking Judea and Samaria. Yeah. That is the very heartland. Yeah. That, that is where Abraham walked. That is where Isaac and Jacob walked. That's where David shepherded in the sheep. I mean, in Hebron, uh, David ruled there. That's the beginning of the Davidic kingdom was in Hebron. You know, I, I, Yishai Fleischer always says that's where the mamas and papas are buried. But that is the very foundation where Abraham made a covenant. Correct. You go up to Elan Marais in the very far north uh, up in Samaria. At Genesis 12, I mean, the beginning of the book, 
God's making a covenant with Abraham and those that bless. And I, w- I want to clarify that because it really says, it says those that bless you, I will bless those that curse you, I will curse. But it, it's that there's two different words in that curse. One is those that count you as insignificant, who mm. set you aside, you're unimportant. Them, I will cut off. But those that humble themselves, that that help you to build, that are a compliment to you, I will be a compliment and help build you. So I believe that nations really have a choice. And I encourage, I mean, that's where we do our work. Blessed by Israel is about Judea and Samaria. This is the, where the confrontation is. This is where the, the world is trying to say, you have no right to this land. And they're basically coming to the Jewish people and saying, if you will be like Esau and turn your back on the covenant, if you will turn away from this land and surrender it to somebody else, we will give you peace. There is nothing further from the truth. They, they want to destroy and, and, and abrogate the covenant that God made with his people. Excellent. Uh, I'm thinking, Mark, when you get the contract back from the Ministry of Tourism, you need to hire Steve as a consultant because he's there you go, good. There you go. And from um, your mouth to God's ears. We love okay. <laughs> I don't even know who our new Minister of Tourism is. We'll see what we can do. Um, I, I've been so engrossed in this conversation. I've lost track of time. I want to take a very quick break and then come right back and pick up uh, pick up on what we've been talking about. Do you have children or know somebody who does? If the answer is yes, you need to hear this. This year, in celebration of Israel's 75th anniversary, the Genesis 1-2-3 Foundation has launched an incredible art contest for your children and Christian children all around the world. The contest, What Israel Means to Me, gives your children the opportunity to show why Israel is special to them through art. They can draw, paint, color, or illustrate this in any way they want. The contest will be judged according to different age groups, with real prizes awarded to the winners. Please visit whatisraelmeanstome.com for details, contest rules, and how to register your child. Deadline for submission of all entries is in April, and the announcement of winners will be at a live event on May 14th. Please don't delay in registering your child, and please share this with others who will also want their children to participate. Visit whatisraelmeanstome.com and join us today. Okay, Steve, Mark, thank you. It really is engrossing. Um, Steve, you were just beginning to talk about Blessed by Israel. I want you to explain that. Uh, and you made the case why Judea and Samaria. That was, that was my question. Mm-hmm. I live in Judea. Nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's not a big country, but comparatively, there's a lot more in the country. But where did the idea, Blessed by Israel, come from? You've got a great logo. Uh, you're, you're exporting hundreds of thousands of dollars of products from small businesses makes a difference here. But where did that idea come from? Uh, actually, I think, uh, and Mark's familiar with this. We were involved with the, uh, the March of Remembrance, which was a Holocaust education movement. And I was actually the national coordinator for that for about five years and calling Christians to Anyama Shoah, uh, to come and repent and recognize the atrocities that have been committed in the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We truly, we took his name in vain. 
we took the name of, of our Lord and the one that we call Messiah, that we know as Messiah, we, we drug his name through the mud. Who could recognize him? Who could recognize him? And we took it upon ourselves that we need to restore that name. And so not only restore that name, even to ourselves. And it started with that repentance. It started with being responsibility we we cannot change the past but we can change the future we cannot repair what was done by our forefathers i don't even think i don't even know if we the future relationships and that's what the march of remembrance is about first taking responsibility accepting uh what had been done and then moving forward so coming from that, my family uh, was involved with that for about five years. And then the Biden administration, at the end of his administration, they started coming out with a saying that in order to import products from Judea and Samaria into the United States, you had to change the labeling. It, it was, Biden uh, you had to say, did you mean, someone, did you mean Obama? Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. The Obama administration okay. in 2015. Right. The Biden administration is just Obama on steroids. It's just right. it's, it's the old the old group coming. Forward. I just wanted historical accuracy. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it was the Obama administration. And then at the end of his at the end, they actually allowed a resolution to pass uh, that said that uh, the United States and the world did not recognize Judea and Samaria as part of Israel. The the Jewish people had no right to it. And about that time, my family sat down and said, we've been talking about standing up and never being silent. And if we do not stand up today, we're no different than, different than our forefathers. Wow. So at the end of 2015, when, when the Biden, the Obama administration tried to change the labeling, that was in December. By February, my family had sat down. We came up with the name Blessed by Israel. My oldest son and I, boots on the ground in Samaria, traveling up and down, talking to small businesses and friends and meeting people uh, down into Judea as well. And by December of that year, we had products, we had stories, and we were boots on the ground traveling across the country. And we did that for the next four years until COVID, uh, until COVID hit. So we would travel from Texas to California. Texas to Florida, uh, up to New York, Pennsylvania, and back. By the time we got done with the rounds, we were ready to go back to Israel for three months and regroup and gather mm-hmm. more products. I want to mention because one of the things we were talking about before it's a it's it's not it's not a huge business from a from a Wall Street type of business perspective, but it's a big production that you do, and also. You've got a great, when you just said telling stories, you do a very, very nice job with that. Let's just also make sure it's blessedbyisrael.com is the website, correct? Yes. B-U-Y, israelcom We'll put it in the, in the show notes. People can always email me for your information. Um, it's a very, very big, um, big production. Uh, I admire that. I'm grateful. Um, also because you're probably, you're helping some of my neighbors. So thank you for that. These have become my best friends. Um, yeah, Mark. Really, yeah. They are my friends. 
that's wonderful. You know, and I, I, I agree with that. And, and I have a story I'd like to kind of piggyback on top Great. of Steve's. You know, blessing Israel is, is really the calling of the Lord to the Christian community. Um, years ago, when I was working with the Ministry of Tourism, we referenced that earlier in the podcast, um, I had a phone call from um, the gentleman who was uh, in charge of the city of Akko. Uh, mm-hmm. I know, Jonathan, you've been to Akko. Steve, you've probably been there. It's it's yeah. not a typical tourist location for Christian tourists, at least, maybe not even for Jewish tourists. But I know Israelis like to go to Akko. Um, it's an interesting city. It's up in the north, right almost up to the uh, uh, the Jordanian or the um, Lebanese, Lebanese border. border. Right. And uh, they said, can we get Christians to come to Akko? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> but I'll come to Akko and let's see what's there. In the scripture, there's only one simple reference to it that Paul visited some friends there. Uh, but other than that, it's really not a biblical city. Right. So I was there kind of curious as to why would Christians go to Akko? And so I got the tour. And what is in Akko is a crusader fortress. Uh, that was literally buried in the sand and was uncovered and restored and is now a beautiful museum and historical center. It's magnificent. Magnificent, truly. And this is the, this is the fortress where King Richard the Lionhearted ruled the kingdom of Jerusalem. That's where the crusaders, you know, launched their operations. And, you know, when I was getting the tour and trying to understand the scope, we went to Knights Hall, which is a, huge open space inside this this fortress and um the the pascal the the lady who was my guide who has since become a dear friend has said she said this is where they cared for their wounded this is where they had their banquets this is where they uh planned their attacks and celebrated their victories and when she said that God spoke, not audibly, but my heart was was doing flip-flops because <laughs> I said, now I know why Christians need to go to Akko. Mm-hmm. Because it was there in that very room. Remember I said earlier, the thing that's transformative about Israel is when you stand where it happened. Yeah. Well, when you go to Akko and you stand in that room, that is where... The Crusaders of old planned attacks on the Jewish people because the Jewish people were considered infidels in the Crusades. Correct. It's where atrocities were were planned and celebrated in the name of the Messiah that we serve. It's a heartbreaking, heart-wrenching experience to stand there and realize this is where that happened. And what happened to me was it brought me to a point of real, real brokenness in my Mm. heart. Mm. And I asked the Ministry of Tourism, can I take people there? Can I take some pastors there and help them understand? And I did. Long story short, it's already a long story, but long story (laughs) short, um, I took 10 pastors and their wives there that were all mega church pastors. They're all never been to Israel before. And I told the story. The story is that originally Christianity was a Jewish extension of the Jewish faith. It was a Jewish sect. But over time, it became separated. And the Jews and the Gentiles 
parted ways. And then there were edicts and, and, and rulings and writs that separated further and further. And by the time the Crusades came along, it was anti-Semitic in every sense of the word. And so what we are told in, 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 in our education, at least in my education, that the Crusades were a noble venture, were indeed not that at all. They were they were an awful atrocity in the eyes of God. Yep. And as I shared that story, and as I communicated my heart, I asked those pastors if they would join me in repenting for what our forefathers had done. We can't change it, but we can acknowledge yeah. the, the wrong and repent of it on their behalf. And then would we then make a fresh commitment? To bless the land and people of Israel. Beautiful, Mark. I can tell you, we had representatives from the Ministry of Tourism, representatives from ACO. We had representatives, these these 20 pastors and wives, 10 pastors and their wives. And there was not a dry eye in the room. Because our hearts were strangely knitted together at that moment. And everyone left that room with a fresh commitment to bless Israel. And so, and I believe that's the calling of God on the heart of believers. Yes. That we are to bless Israel. We're to buy products from people in Israel who produce them and are trying to make a living. That's part of what God's called Steve to fulfill. That we support Christian, or excuse me, we support Israeli-based charities and, and Christian organizations that are helping the people and land of Israel uh, as part of that financially, and that we go and we stand in the land and that we celebrate that and that we have opportunities to share the story of Israel with others. And I know right now we're getting ready for a, a, a contest that yes. will uh, let kids share in that opportunity. And I'm excited about it. And that's why I, I'm excited to be a sponsor of that, excited, yes. excited to be a, a judge in that uh, process as well. well because gonna, I believe God's called us to bless the land and people of Israel. So I, I, I want to come back to that, but you, you by, by talking about mo- repeatedly God calling you, God calling, you've said it, I, I didn't count, but not a few times, and, and that's important. Mm-hmm. I always like to tell people, I realize, you know, God could say, bless Israel, I'm the Lord your God. God doesn't say that. God says, bless Israel, and I'm going to bless you. It means you get something out of it. And not that you're looking, you or others are necessarily looking. But God's making a promise. He's making another kind of a covenant. Mm -hmm. And how God blesses us in our lives can be imperceptible or it can be major. And I'm curious, from the two of you, you can decide who wants to start, how in your life, how in your business, have you perceived being blessed because of working for working with and blessing Israel? I think a lot of people, especially in Christendom, will, will come at, uh, if I bless Israel, I'd be blessed. They look at it in a monetary or a uh, their own riches and their own wealth or their own lives. And I can tell you what I've been blessed by is knowing people like you, Jonathan, knowing people like Yishai Fleischer and Jeremy and Ari, the Adlers. I mean, so many, I mean, it's these relationships that are being restored. 
This is not, I don't go to Israel anymore to look at the past. I go to Israel because that's where the future. It's nice. Jerusalem is about the future. The, the regathering of his people is about the future. And I, I want to segue into something else. And that is because we, we, we do the nation's ninth above, Tisha B'Av. Yes. And that is the, the most, the saddest day of the Jewish year. Explain why for a minute. Not, not everyone listening knows. Explain why for a minute. Tisha B'Av is both of the, the temples were destroyed on Tisha B'Av. The, the spies, the, the 10 spies that, that gave the bad report was on Tisha B'Av. Uh, some of the, the expulsions from France and England was on Tisha B'Av. You can go on and on and on down the line. It is a day of tragedy for the Jewish people. And, and it is a day of fasting. Yeah. It is a day of, of praying and seeking the Lord. And it, it's interesting because I know a lot of Christians will will go to Israel to, for Passover. They'll go for Shavuot. They'll go for or Pentecost. They'll go for the, the trumpets or Sukkot. And the celebrations and the parties and the parades. And it's really wonderful. But what happens when you go mm. and you fast and pray alongside the Jewish people? And you mourn with them and you cry with them. And you recognize that the, the rabbis say that the temple was destroyed because of baseless hatred. Right. But how have we, Christianity has a baseless hatred towards the Jewish people for 2,000 years. What will the restoration be? But through baseless love blessing uniting hearts once again when we go into zechariah 8 and there's the four fasts that, that the jewish people participate in for, for the you know the, you you go from the the, the breaching of the walls the gedalia's murder the, the siege when they came into the land and for the destruction of the temple and but it says these days will become seasons of joy correct for the jewish people but that is coupled with the nations coming and saying, let us continue to go pray before the Lord and seek the Lord of hosts. Where? In Jerusalem. Right. Many people and many strong nations will come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem. And 10 from the nations, from every language, will grasp the Jewish man and say, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. When we we have we have a, a, a re responsibility. There's only one group of people that can fulfill this prophecy, and that is the nations. And I believe it is Christianity grabbing hold of the Jewish people and in, investing our lives and saying, "God is with you. We want to make Aliyah with you. We want to go up." And until we do our parts. How can you fulfill your part? When it says we will grasp this, the sleeve or the tzitzit of a Jewish man, I don't believe that so you all can drag us up there. <laughs> and I, we're pretty heavy. I, you know, <laughs> I believe it's up to us to lift the Jewish people up to fulfill their role, to give them their place, to give them that seat of honor as the firstborn. Nice. It's to be a blessing. Then I truly believe that God will pour out his blessing on Israel and all nations. 
Excellent. It's up to us. So the nation's ninth of Ab is calling people on a tour of Judea and Samaria, and, but it's start. Its main focus is fasting and praying alongside yes. the Jewish people for our sins. This this is not. We do this on our own. We're there with the Jewish people. We're there with Israel. We march along the walls. We 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 participate, but it is truly accepting our culpability and and the sins of our past and seeking the Lord of hosts for forgiveness and restoration. Then we can all move forward. I I like how you said that on a lot of levels, Steve. Um, It's easy to celebrate with somebody. It's easy to be their friends in good times. But when there's sadness, when there's mourning, when there's grief, um, obviously Tisha B'Av, sadly, we have that too often here in Israel. But Tisha B'Av is the day. It's it's the saddest day. And all these horrible things happen and we commemorate them. And that's a, you've explained that very well. So we will also provide the ability for people to participate in that. I want to take a quick break again and then come back, Mark, and talk about you and you personally and Infinity Concepts and how you've been blessed. If you're like most people in the world, you know about the Holocaust, but never met, much less interacted with the Holocaust survivor or heard their stories of suffering and survival. With the remaining elderly survivors dying at an unprecedented pace, in less than a generation, there will be none alive. Yet, while they did survive, and for that we need to celebrate them, many still suffer trauma from their youth. As they age, they have increasing needs. And living on fixed incomes, sometimes with no pension, things as simple and essential as basic foods, heating in the winter, medicine, and inflation can push someone over the line from surviving to struggling again. It can create stress in their lives that reminds them of the suffering they endured as young people. It's just not acceptable that anyone who suffered as much should struggle with basic needs or any undue stress in their twilight years. I want to invite you to join the Genesis 123 Foundation to bless the survivors. Yes, we pray that you'll donate personally and do so generously. And when you do, We also give you the opportunity to send your personal blessings and words of encouragement to the survivors themselves to brighten their day and let them feel your love. Having been privileged to provide financial resources to help survivors on a day-to-day basis, I know it makes a difference and is very appreciated. But your personal note that we translate into Hebrew, Russian, or Yiddish really makes them smile and warms their heart. I pray you'll join us by going to genesis123.co slash hug a survivor. That's genesis123.co slash hug a survivor. And please share this with others. We can't undo the suffering that they endured. And there's no limit to what the needs are, but we can never do too much to comfort them in their final years. Please join us. God bless you. Okay, Steve, we just heard a fabulous way of twisting. It, w- it was not where I was expecting you to go, but then again, um, blessings come in many different shapes and sizes. Um, how about you, Mark? Um, this is not just a business. It's a passion. No, 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 no. no I, okay, we ready to go? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I'll tell you what, Jonathan, I, I, I have to um, echo Steve on one point here, and that is the greatest blessing has been the relationships and friendships and mishpokah that I have gained 
because of my opportunities of, of working with and and partnering with and and fellowshipping with the the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, some of some of my closest friends um, have come out of my experiences, and so I have been blessed relationally um, through the opportunities that I've had to work together. I have been blessed in being able to lead pastors, especially the most fun I've ever had in my life. The most fun I ever have had in my life has been the four tours that I led to Israel of pastors who had never been there before. Amazing. And introducing people who have studied the word of God and lead congregations in the word of God, introducing them to the land uh, where the book was written. Yeah, it's profound, and the, the and it it's transformational in these pastors' lives and ministries. I even have one pastor, still a dear friend, that literally got up and apologized to his congregation wow. because he did not understand so much about the the land of the Bible and how it changed his understanding of the scriptures. So I, that's been the most fun because I I, I love seeing that enlightenment um, happen in the mm-hmm. eyes and hearts and spirits of, of Christian leaders. So that has been a blessing to me, the blessing of bringing people to the land and seeing um, them uh, transformed by that. Um, the blessing of working with the ministry of tourism. I said earlier, from your mouth to God's ears, I truly loved working with the ministry of tourism, not as a client, but because of the impact. I felt like the work we were doing was biblically significant, bringing the nations back to the land to let them build those bridges. And then the work that we do with so many of the the nonprofits, both on the state side and on the Israel side, that is a blessing. All of that came about because I have a heart to bless Israel and I have a heart to bless the Jewish people. And uh, those relationships and those, those opportunities, those experiences uh, are are far more significant than money or gold or any other precious. Amazing, amazing. By the way, I always, I, I, I sometimes I, as we did earlier, get very engrossed in the conversation and I forget some stuff. I already gave a, a pitch, blessedbyisrael.com. Mark, when people are hearing you and inspired and it's their church or it's their nonprofit or, 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 or whatever it is, where and how are they going to reach you so they can get the benefit of your expertise. Infinityconcepts.com. Got it. All right. Uh, that's our website. And that's that's the gateway to uh, all kinds of resources and information in addition to the services that we can provide. Very nice. Okay. Um, I want to begin to wrap up. Uh, it was I was going to make a joke before. I forget when you, oh, when you were both referring to Shiloh in its correct Hebrew pronunciation as compared to what many people will call Shiloh. Mark, you just threw in the word mishpacha, family. Um, mm-hmm. Steve, you've peppered your conversation with the, with Hebrew a little bit. You know, you're intimately involved. You're connected to people, the land. It's not it's not a an amusement park for you that that you just look at and walk through and experience and then go home. Um, what what do you want other Christians to know about Israel that you know that you that that, that they don't know? 
I, I think there's 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 three things that just pop in my mind quickly. Mm-hmm. I think first of all, I, I want Christians to understand that that this is where it happened, and they can walk. You know, I don't want to use the I, the trite term "walk where Jesus walked," but they can walk where the Bible was written, where the the events of the Bible took place. They can stand in the places and see the geography, see the, the, the land. They can understand the culture. They can grasp the history in a new and unique way, number one. Number two, when you understand Israel and when you truly understand the, the history of Israel and the, the struggle of the Israel, the new Israel that was born in 1948, when you understand all of that, you have a deeper understanding of God's plan for mankind and and a deeper understanding of the scriptures themselves. And I think thirdly, when you when you get to know Israel, when you get to know the the land and people of Israel, you have a better understanding of the geopolitical mm. scenario that exists that you're never going to get through the US news services, probably any of the news services. You understand the 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 intricacies yeah. of the conflicts and challenges facing Israel in the Middle East. And I think those three things are critical for every believer, every Christian to know. Those are great things, Mark, but I have to say, this is being a completely unscripted conversation. Yeah. If those three came to you as they did, structured mm-hmm. with your ability to articulate it so well, speaks miles to you and your connection. Uh, Steve, how do you follow that? I mean, that's what Mark said is right on. I mean, when you walk the land, it transform your life, transform your life. You never see the Bible the same, but even more powerful, the, the land is just land. It was barren until the people came home. Excellent. The land did not come alive until the people of Israel started Great walking point. the land and living it. Yeah. And sometimes we as Christians, it, it, it was waiting for God to do something. One of the greatest um, realizations that I've got from the Jewish people is that we are partners. They understand there's a partnership. God told them, I have given you this land. Go in and possess it. Yes. Coming in from the Exodus, wandering 40 years, I've given you this land. Now go take it. We we have to trust God and we have to take possession. There's a battle. That rages over a people and a land. And when the Jewish people came home, they started planting. They, they started planting vineyards and trees, rebuilding ancient cities, the, the roads, the, the old men and the young men sitting and sitting on the streets, celebrating. It, it's, it's a transformation. And I'm a witness and, and I want my Christian friends. To go and see the transformation. Yeah. You will see a people that, that love God, love the Torah, are fully invested in, in the kingdom, in the promises, in the covenant, and they believe. And they're willing to put their lives on the line. My life has been transformed by their faith. Nice. Steve, I want to flip flip hats for a minute. Um, you and Mark know each other. It wasn't the first meeting here. It's been a while since you had seen each other. We established that um, before before we started recording. Um, I'm not always the the perfect host. What do you want to ask Mark? What 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 did I forget? What what does what does the world need to hear from Mark? Tries that 
according to Steve Warp? Actually, I think Steve Werb needs to hear from Mark Drystad because <laughs> I think I, I think Mark has a lot of insights and wisdom that that could truly help uh, blessed by Israel and, and help the Jewish community as he's already done. Um, and I think what we're doing right now here is is just so important. We are working together. Yeah. These building relationships and, and complementing one another, complementing one another's gifts, strengths, mm-hmm. and and uh, learning to to walk as a team. Like Mark said, we're mishpacha. Mm-hmm. We, we are family, mm-hmm. and and our future hinges on one another. Yes, God's blessing is. Oh, we have a little break there. Okay. Um, and, 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 you know, let me, let me jump in here and, and say that, uh, you know, I, I would like to ask Steve just a little bit about Blessed by Israel. I already know the answer, but I want to ask it for the sake of the podcast, if I can. So Blessed by Israel has, has various products to offer that are made by the people, small organizations. What, when we say that, what are we talking about? What kinds of products? And are, is, is there like an online store? You can order those. Uh, how does that, how does that all work? We, we do have an online store. We, we work, we do not work with uh, large corporations and we keep our business in Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem. And we have everything from olive oil to honey to jewelry, ceramics, teas, uh, many other products. We even have, we have, well, we do have something from the Golan Heights. We have kosher locusts. Oh, that was, yeah. So you can actually come to our site and buy locust and honey, and you can pretend you're John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. It's really a lot of fun. Passover's coming. You have to have real locusts for Passover. It's one of the plagues. Are they and you can free? eat them. They're actually quite tasty. <laughs> tasty is a relative thing i've had <laughs> yeah, i i see on your website it says biblical protein that's that's a nice way to... <laughs> excellent i'll see if we can that's excellent okay yeah and, and there is a wide variety of things there to to choose from and yeah i just i just wanted to make sure that the listeners understood that 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 this is something that needs to be uh, that they need to go and support. This is another way to support and bless Israel, sure, uh, and bless your family as well for your faithfulness in in this work. But it's also a way to bless these these small businesses. And I've been to some of these uh, these uh, shops here that you know they're they're doing this in their kitchens and their backyards and mm-hmm. and just just you know doing what they can to make ends meet. And so we want to be a blessing to these people. And this is certainly a way we can do it. Absolutely. Thank you for, for highlighting that, Mark. Um, and you, and Steve, as I said before, I really love how you tell the story. It's not just a shop. You're, you're creating relationships even through shopping. And I love that. So thank you. Okay. Gentlemen, I want to wrap up with, we, we, there's, there's so much more. We could do this for another hour or two, I think. Um, <laughs> but part of what connects us and this conversation, which Mark, you alluded to, and I mentioned at the outset, is that you both, I, I reached out to you in, individually, and you both enthusiastically, immediately, and generously responded, yes, I'm going to be a judge for the What Israel Means to Me art contest, and yes, I'm going to be a sponsor. And I want to specifically acknowledge you, Mark, because of, the, of, of how you stepped up, and you're the lead sponsor, Infinity Concepts, 
for, for the project. So I, I just want to set it up for people who haven't heard about it yet at whatisraelmeanstome.com. We are inviting Christian children from all over the world to participate in something that doesn't require any language, just illustrating a picture of what Israel means to them. It's tremendously exciting. Some of the early uh, entries that we've received are great. You're among the panel of diverse judges, Jews and Christians, some with artistic backgrounds, some with not without artistic backgrounds. But why, why were you so enthusiastic? Um, with with the response, what what about this program is so good, Mark? You want to? Yeah, I'll tell you what, what my my initial response is. In, in in Christian churches all across America, at different times of the year, there are children's programs like Christmas time, for example. There's always a a children's Christmas program, and it is one of the times of the year that that the church is absolutely packed. Because aunts and uncles and moms and dads and brothers and sisters and grandparents all come to see their children be part of this program, whatever the program would be. Mm. I think this has that same kind of long tail opportunity here. That as the children get involved, obviously we have to get the parents to, to invite the children to do that, get the message to them. But then as the parents... Uh, as the children are part of this, they participate in this. I think it engages a much broader community of adults yeah. that need to understand in a in a deeper way uh, the significance of Israel, the significance of Israel to our faith, the significance of Israel to their lives. And so I I'm, I think it's a great program. Thank you, Mark. How about you, Steve? Yeah, I, I'm really excited because I, I think it's imperative that we get our children involved. Uh, right now, most supporters of Israel are 40 and above, and we're losing our youth. They don't understand. They don't know their Bible. And uh, to have children actually think about it, do art, have their parents involved and in, in helping them, there, there's a process of, of investing your thoughts, your heart into what is, what is Israel about? Why is Israel there? Why are they important? What does God's word actually say? And I think it's gonna it's gonna place seeds in both those young children, as well as a remembrance to their parents. Very nice. So yeah, and Steve, I'm really excited to see the artwork is gonna come. I out. am so really excited to see the artwork. I'm so excited. We're already talking about a book project and other no. other things. It's because it, it is inspiring, and I don't do this for self edification. I I I really love hearing, and it's just nice from the two of you who I respect, you're doing such great work to affirm that, hey, this is not just a wacky Jonathan idea, but really something that, as you said, um, has has long legs and and, and hopefully will make an impact. Uh Um, And it's important this year as we celebrate our 75th. It's a a nice milestone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thank you both tremendously for joining today, for being the sponsors, for being judges. yeah, and for everything you're doing for for Mark, our however many year old friendship, and Steve, a new friendship that's uh, that feels like it's uh, old old like with Mark, and, and I'm and I'm looking forward so, to continuing this. All right. Just to make it clear, then I'm the old friend, right? You're the yeah, I'm the young friend. <laughs> I, I didn't say old and young. I, I'm very careful, but I don't know that any of us can get away with not being old in this figurative room. So we'll just leave it at that. But Steve and Mark, 
Thank uh, you, John. We will do this again. It was a delight. Thank you for joining and for what you're doing and for being part of what we're doing. Um, I always like to end the, the conversations in a little bit of a self-deprecating way. Not that these conversations are hard to listen to, but if you've stayed with us this long, you kind of deserve a reward. Uh, last year, we began offering a, a special gift every month from the Genesis One Two Three Foundation. We call it From Jonathan's Bookshelf. And that means every month we give away a special book that connects you and your families to Israel and the Jewish people. And this month, we're giving away a copy of a great book called Your Sabbath Invitation by uh, David Nekrutman, who was a, ho- a guest on the podcast, I don't remember, two or three weeks ago, uh, talking about the book and his great work. All we ask that you do is go to Inspiration from Zion, the social media, and like and follow us. And when you comment and share the link to this podcast, we're picking one person at random to win a copy of your Sabbath invitation. We're grateful that this podcast is sponsored by at our friend by our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. If you're ever in the area and want to pop in and thank them for helping to make conversations like this possible, I know they'll appreciate that. And also thanks to the Coin family as well for their meaningful sponsorship. Inspiration from Zion and all of the Genesis One Two Three Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider joining us to help continue the dialogue and build bridges. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode, a future episode, in honor or memory of a loved one or a special occasion, please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. This episode, it's interesting, Steve, that you mentioned Passover. This episode, we have a bunch of Christian friends who are actively celebrating Passover. It becomes more and more, I think, every year. And an anonymous friend of mine said, I want to, it was a week early, but we're sponsoring it in honor of all the Christians who are connecting with the Jewish people and uh, biblical observance of Passover. So thank you for that. We love to hear your comments all the time as part of a dialogue and invite you to send any questions as well about traditional Judaism for our Ask the Rabbi programs. And please share this with other people who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here as we bring you more meaningful conversations about unique topics relating to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and your loved ones are all safe and healthy and send my blessings from right here in the Judean mountains. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Shalom, shalom. Uh